So good morning, Miss Jones. Hello. I'm delighted to uh, meet Tabby Jones, who's the deputy head of our senior school. Um, I've worked with you for a number of years now. Yeah, nine years. Is it nine years? Goodness mm. me. <laughs> so <laughs> the shock of time passing by. <laughs> but during those nine years, I think it's become quite clear where your, you know, your professional interests lie within the school and that's I think it's fair to say around the well-being agenda yeah talk to me about your views on that I think right from the start when I began as an NQT um the kind of the relationships with students particularly students who perhaps weren't having the easiest time at school were the thing that really gave me the biggest buzz about being a teacher um and yeah so my interest in kind of pastoral care and well-being has just developed from there um and now the main part of my role is overseeing pastoral care of students in the senior school okay in our senior school that's um year seven to year 11 yeah um and i think every parent would would acknowledge that and every teacher actually acknowledge this this can be a tricky time for young people um and i know that because of your experience you were invited anonymously but we're outing you uh <laughs> to uh just give your you know your experience of yeah. um that time to the woman's hour but you know for the benefit of our podcast uh how are things evolving? Because it's an evolution, isn't it? It's a, a gradual change, but it is changing the pressures on young people. Yeah, I think the pressures on young people are changing, but I also think the national narrative around well-being and being mentally healthy um, are changing. I think we're seeing an increase in the number of pupils who are coming to us with kind of concerns about how they're feeling and how they're coping with things. Do you think they're more, more prepared? Is it, the, is it that they're just better able, more confident to come forward? I think there's definitely an element of that, yeah. yeah. So a few years ago, we introduced counsellors um, into the senior school. And I think at the start, people were a little bit reluctant to go um, or be seen to be going. But now there really doesn't seem to be much of a taboo around actually asking for help. Mm. The vast majority of our students are very willing and able to kind of come to us and say, actually... I'm not coping so brilliantly with this right now. Can I talk to somebody about it? And that's really, really good. So I think whilst we are seeing the numbers of students seeking help increase, I don't think it's totally a picture of the numbers of students needing help increase. It's just that actually it's a very good thing that people are more willing and able to talk about needing that help. And I absolutely would agree with that, actually. And I, my sense is that the environment that you and colleagues are, are creating and nurturing in the senior school is one where individual students, by and large, feel that they can do that because you have to has to be almost like a, 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 a sort of contract of trust, doesn't Absolutely. there? Absolutely, a relationship of trust. And you know, talk to me about the importance of these teacher-pupil relationships to help support well-being. I think it's absolutely key. I mean, it's central to everything we do, our curriculum wheel with the learner at the centre. You know, it's making sure that every single student feels like there's at least one person, hopefully more, who knows them really, really well. Um, and that might be their tutor, but equally at senior school level, it might be their Latin teacher or mm. their geography teacher or somebody that runs the art club, mm. whoever they feel they've made that kind of connection with. And what's really nice about this place is that you know, you walk around the corridors and you see students and staff interacting just on a very kind of mutually respectful level, just a hello, good morning, or, you know, see you later at this, whatever it might be. And I think that general sense of kind of community and openness and ease with each other is what enables students to feel able to kind of open up when they do actually have an issue, or perhaps even to come to us when they're worried about one of their friends with an issue, which we get happening quite a lot as well. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And I think the fact that they care about each other in that way is, is, is also really, really important mm. within the community. Um, 
So there's there's a sort of the there's structures around supporting well-being, uh, but as you know, I'm very strongly of the view that it's the whole education mm. of that child in a school setting that is going to make the difference for them. Um, I mean, so for example, you're actually you're in your other life, you're a Latin teacher. Yes. <laughs> uh, so talk to me about how you view your role as a Latin teacher from a pers- an academic perspective and from a pastoral perspective. I think they're almost the same thing. Mm. (laughs) I don't think that you can really achieve your academic potential unless you feel supported pastorally. So I think that for every single teacher, it's about knowing the students in their class and making sure that they are kind of catering their teaching to the needs of that individual, whether that's their academic needs, perhaps they need a bit of stretching or perhaps they need a bit of supporting, or whether it's their kind of emotional, pastoral, confidence um, type needs where actually they might need a bit of bolstering here or they might need a bit of... um, encouraging when something hasn't perhaps gone brilliantly and if you know those individuals and you take the time to kind of work out how they're responding and actually how they're feeling not just in general but in your subject in specifically um, then actually you are far better able to teach them because Mm. you know what they need to carry on progressing. And I think that's absolutely critical to the ethos of the Stephen Post Foundation all the schools actually Mm. that in order for that young person to thrive they have to be known um, and I, I know that colleagues work very, very hard to do that. Um, I also um, think that in addition to the academic subjects, it's absolutely critical to have that much wider educational opportunities for them. Mm. Um, and I'm sure you've experienced this with young people who can, perhaps they're struggling to express themselves in a more conventional way, but maybe through art or music or drama, they find a way to be themselves um, and to have the confidence that, you know, one knows they have inside, but it hasn't come out. So how do we ensure every student finds that way? You know, you find somewhere to show them that they are, you know, that they're an amazing human being. Mm. It's just the opportunity that needs to be there. Yeah, I think there's, there's two bits to it. One is absolutely that. It's making sure the opportunities are there. So putting on the kind of amazing range of clubs and activities that we do. And also offering a range of leadership roles, mm. a range of mentoring roles. There's lots of different ways for our students to get involved in things outside their academic studies within the school. So having that range of opportunities so that there's at least kind of, you know, one thing that's going to suit everybody. And secondly, it comes back again to knowing our pupils. Mm. You know, if the tutor, the head of year, whoever it might be, really knows that student and we notice that they are perhaps struggling or not perhaps, you know, engaging as well as we'd like them to, then if you know a little bit about their background and their interests, you can start to direct them towards clubs, activities, roles, responsibilities, whatever it might be that we think would be really helpful to them. And also it comes down to that school-home relationship because mm. quite often, you know, parents will be really aware that actually this kid spends all their time at home drawing in their bedroom. Mm. Mm. And at school, we don't really see that side of them. And if we have that contact with home and the tutor and the parent are having those really kind of fruitful conversations, then that means we can kind of bring that information into school and perhaps direct them towards a group of students who are equally keen on their drawing. And that's another kind of support net there for them so what we're really talking about here is ensuring that everybody in our community feels connected feels feel that they belong and feel that they're valued Mm. that's the bottom line isn't it yeah absolutely and Um, I think that comes to the fore with um the way that our colleagues communicate amongst themselves as well you know we have a really really good culture of sharing information so if a subject teacher notices something that perhaps they're not quite sure is usual for a certain student they will pass that on to the tutor or the pastoral leader and they'll discuss it with me and you know we'll have this kind of whole picture appearing Mm. so it's not kind of jigsaw pieces in isolation we actually get to build the full puzzle yeah absolutely and i think it, it what i really what i value in the foundation and every part of it actually is that each community 
is just so interconnected and so focused on what really matters, which mm -hmm. is the well-being of, of the, the children, the young people in their care. Um, and it's, it's just a tan tangible thing, I feel, when I go into each school. Yeah. Quite an intense job you've got. Miss mm. Jones, <laughs> looking after the well-being of our young people. Yeah, so what, quite a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So what, what do you do in order to build up your own inner resources? Because you can't give endlessly without, you know, filling up yourself. Yeah, um, I like going out into nature, um, going for a walk in the woods or the fields, um, perhaps finding some mushrooms or some plants to take home for dinner. You're a forager. I am, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm very into my food and my wild food in particular. But what's, what's really um, interesting about that is that you're, it's essentially you're like an adult forest school person. You know, <laughs> yes, you, absolutely. <laughs> forest school sounds like my dream. <laughs> I would love to spend all my time doing forest school. Um, so you can you, you see the benefit of just connecting again with the natural world, which we hear absolutely. a lot about. It's that sort of, you know, getting away from digital technology, detoxifying. It, yeah. it matters, doesn't it? It matters hugely. I'm not sure people really believe it until they actually just kind of get out there and kind of go for a walk in the woods and forget about everything else that's going on. You instantly feel just better and all the stress lifts and yeah. It's just nice. good for your well-being. Mm. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you this morning and um, thank you for sharing your thoughts. And also, I feel that here at the foundation, we're working really hard to be supportive because let's face it, it's rather like Abraham Lincoln said, uh, you know, you can please most of the people all of the time. You can't help all of the people all of the time. No, I can't absolutely. believe that's quite right. <laughs> something but like that. Something like that. But basically, most people, are, young people are fine most of the time. Yeah. Uh, because absolutely. we work really hard. It's just yeah. making sure that we're there for those moments where it gets a bit tricky. Yeah. And I thank you very much indeed, because I know you're the person who's always there. So thank you, Abby. Thank you.